welcome to the Irish NFL show. My name is Shane Brennan. Sitting across from me is Colin Cronin. I'm very uh, we was to welcome you all to today's Stephen's Day uh, festive special uh, to all who celebrate. We hope you all had a Merry Christmas and what a festive slate we had on Saturday. It was led off by Rudolph, naturally, as the Steelers managed to bag out a win. On Sunday, we had the Detroit Lions getting a fantastic Christmas present as they won for their division for the first time in 30 years. And yesterday, we saw the uh, we saw the Patrick Mahomes give, uh, gift the Raiders a couple of quite easy touchdowns as the Raiders managed to knock the Chiefs back a peg. There was also no L for Lamar as the Ravens defeated the Niners. The Cowboys fell and what some dubbed as the fraud ball as the Dolphins won that. And of course, we'll probably get to the small matter of the Patriots and the Broncos at some point. But to everybody who uh, I hope Santa was good, I hope plenty of NFL-themed gifts under trees this year. I had some Patriots pajamas that I'm uh, <laughs> currently sporting at the moment. Uh, but on, on the field this week, Colm, I think... Uh, a, a quite easy starting point or the big starting point is what many would felt was the uh, I guess a preview to the Super Bowl as the Ravens played against the 49ers both teams coming into this as the number one seed in their conference and it's quite clear I think as as to who came out stronger not only in terms of who is putting their, their stamp down as the best fo- team of football but which player is putting themselves down as the best team of football there's been a lot of arguments about the MVP conversation as to which 49ers player it's going to be whether it should be Brock Purdy, whether it should be Christian McCaffrey. And I think Lamar Jackson came into Santa Clara last night and said, you know what, I think I'm the MVP. He was slipping and sliding, managed to get out of uh, to get out of tackles. I think Kieran, uh, who was uh, on the Twitter last night, saying that trying to tackle Lamar Jackson should be an Olympic sport. That's how difficult it was uh, last night. And on the other side of the ball, Brock Purdy didn't draw a touchdown, but he threw four interceptions. And uh, you know when you're talking about most valuable player caliber when you're playing against big teams like this uh, the the Ravens shown that uh, for Christmas at least they are the best team in football yeah I, I mean this was always I suppose the the one that's been circled for weeks now Shane the, the heavyweights going up against one another um, and the, it went I think different to how a lot of people expected Florio had made his feelings very clear if people hadn't uh, seen that, um, he uh, said that the 49ers were going to kick the crap, uh, except he used a different term, out of the Ravens. Well, that is not how this game went at all. What you'd have to say, to look, the Ravens had a great defensive plan in, in particular. And they, we've talked before about Bill Belichick putting young QBs in a blender. Well, that is what the, the Ravens did. They... They, I, I suppose, look, you've got so many weapons on the 49ers side, you can't stop everyone. And they recognized that there were going to be some explosive plays that they were going to give up. But ultimately, what they wanted to do was put the pressure on, on Purdy. Um, and, you know, no matter who you are, you could be Peyton Manning, you could be Tom Brady. Um, if you feel pressure, it, it, it affects you. And you saw it impact on Purdy. And they are, I, I don't know how many other defenses could do can do this to the 49ers. The Browns and the the Ravens have probably had the blueprint, but does anyone else have the talent to do that? Because what you need to do, Shane, is you have to disguise every single thing that you're you're doing. And what you could see, you could see Purdy trying to process. And he is a very good processor, but he was desperately trying to process and he couldn't figure out what they were doing. And in the interim, you've got these heat-seeking missiles coming at him from all sorts of different angles. And they, they took advantage of it 
ultimately what um you know five interceptions in in total obviously look um you know the Sam Darnold one was kind of a, a late kind of a heave but you would have to say that um you know it's a long long time since we would have seen what at the time was an MVP front runner at throw four interceptions in a game in late late December um I I think Purdy is a fantastic QP I think he still think he's developing but I, I think ultimately you saw the limitations on um you know his, his game last night it's it's interesting to me, I suppose, Shane, um, we, we'll come to Lamar, but one of the things, I suppose, that there's been a lot of um, di- discussion about over the, the past, um, well, since last night, is um, the talk about um, Kyle Shanahan and the fact that I, I think that the graphic that went up was 0-37 career record when trailing by eight or more points in the, eight-plus points in the fourth quarter. And Mike Sando did a piece um about this uh he's now 0 and 38 and the fact that you know it is a it's very difficult to win from that right but at the same time since 2017 the chiefs have have done it six times six out of 14 um the packers seven out of 34 uh the seahawks um um panthers and colts um ended up all all getting one win the colts actually managed to tie a game from a similar situation uh, the Baltimore, Dallas, and New England, the other teams with, with wins. And so it's very difficult to win. But the thing that stood out to me is essentially in that sample size of 2017, what you are talking about there are the elite QBs for the most part, unless you're talking one or two. You might get lucky, the bounce of a ball, etc. But you're talking about Mahomes, you're talking about Aaron Rodgers, uh, you're, you're talking about Lamar, you're talking about Brady in the latter years of the, the Patriots when he, you know, him and they were were the juggernaut, um, and and you're talking about Dallas. So the lack, I suppose, of a top tier QB is, I think, what is the the issue for the the Forty ers there. Um, and look, it's a small sample size. I mean, they could that could change, you know, uh, in, in the future. I just thought it, well, it was interesting, and it is the. The 49ers aren't built to play from behind, certainly not two scores behind. They don't want to throw it deep constantly. They they want to mix in. They want to run the ball. Um, they had a bad, you know, they had a bad day at the office, but I don't think there are too many teams that they're going to face similar to the the Ravens. Uh, and maybe you want to take the floor to talk about uh, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> well, uh, I, I think he's uh, he, he played a fun, uh, fantastic game. I mean, like that, when when you're at home and you're trying to find a way to to get a pressure on the quarterback, it's incredibly difficult when someone who just has that athleticism and ability to uh, make sort of dime decisions to to come out and, and duck out of tackles like that. And the protection in Baltimore isn't always uh, the best, so he really needs to have that as part of his arsenal, but also to know when not to do something stupid. I think one of the big differences between what we've seen from Lamar Jackson and what we see sometimes from Josh Allen, for example. Josh Allen had something similar uh, for the Bills this weekend where he got given time to come out to, to the right-hand side and try to go for a deep ball and then throw it in uh, a pick. Lamar Jackson, I don't think, is the type of person to um, to do that. I think he's a bit more uh, calm reserved. He knows exactly what his players can do. He's got a good thing going with, say, Flowers. Uh, he is a, an excellent player and I uh, saw him play, or fortunate to see him play in Tottenham during uh, during the uh, earlier in the season, and although that may not have necessarily been been his best game, again 
it's very difficult to consistently win and to consistently build form across the NFL. We've seen that with a few teams across the league in the last couple of weeks who might have had good mid-seasons but have managed to fall off a little bit. It's incredibly difficult to keep that going. And when you're playing a good game, you can do things that are explosive. When you come into a place like San Francisco, there's nothing phases you. You get away from defenses. You make your, your passes good. You don't do anything sloppy. And on the the games where you're not at your best, you still manage to keep things going. You find ways to move in your feet. You know exactly how your offense works. And I think the Ravens have really built a solid offensive unit as a team. They know exactly what they're doing with each other. There's no question marks, as we see with the Chiefs, for example, which we'll get onto later on. There's no question marks over over the guys. There's no, you know, no one's saying, oh, this receiver is terrible. Uh, these guys shouldn't be there. The Ravens know exactly what they're doing. On your point about the how the Ravens' defense played, again, uh, incredibly strong game. Madison got a safety earlier on in the game, which was one of the more bizarre plays of the weekend. If you didn't see it, uh, ja- Lamar kind of had to come back into the end zone, pretty much tripped over the referee and had to throw it out. And they called it uh, intentional grounding, which ended up being a safety for San Francisco early on in the game. But it, sorry, in terms of the, uh, in terms of how the, the Ravens uh, defended the, the 49ers, you mentioned there how you can't stop everybody in San Francisco. And they recognized that pretty early on. I don't think they necessarily were worried about what Christian McCaffrey could do. They were quite happy to let Christian McCaffrey uh, develop yards in the play. So long as they know that when the ball is in Brock Purdy's hands, they reduce his options as much as possible. Very very rare do the 49ers go for deep Joe Flacco-esque balls down the, the sidelines, go for it long. They like to find a, they like to find the receivers somewhere in the 15 to 20 yard mark. Uh, and those guys were were pretty well covered. There wasn't much space uh, getting out there. Brock Purdy didn't always have the best options. And sure enough, when they gave it to Christian McCaffrey, he averaged, I believe, seven point yards uh, per carry. Managed to run for over 100 yards. They were quite okay to let them use that weapon. But the 49ers, or sorry, the Ravens' defense knew how to keep Brock Purdy quiet. And uh, in the end, now we're sitting in a position where in the NFC. Uh, San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Detroit are all on 11-4. and four. Now, San Francisco are still the number one seed in that thanks to their uh, superior uh, record in yeah, the conference. The, yeah, the tiebreakers as a, and whatnot. And the, the other piece, just briefly on, while we're, while we're still on this, Jane, ju- just like the 49ers again, when you play Lamar, I think there are a couple of things to it, right? He, you know, he t- doesn't tend to lose to NF- the NFC, right? Because it's very difficult to game plan for Lamar. There aren't QBs like him. He is different. I mean, people want to talk about Vic and others. We've never seen anything quite like Lamar Jackson. And you saw it again, if people go back or you watched it or, or you see, even see highlights, watch the way in which the 49ers linebackers constantly are on alert to the threat of Lamar running. It doesn't even have to be Lamar running. It's the threat of Lamar running. And that left so much space. And, they won't face too many QBs like that, but I, I wonder will other teams be able to look at it and be able to perhaps try to take advantage of some of what the, the Ravens has done. But the Ravens personnel group is so good that, you know, um, that it will be very difficult for others to do it. The other thing that jumps out to me, I suppose, just on Lamar is the fact that this, again, we talked about it on the show over recent weeks, but nobody decided to at least make life difficult for the Ravens to make the offer. Like so many teams came out so quickly. Was that the owners not wanting to, you know, um, g- give player power? Uh, it, it's certainly very um, interesting. And 
while you know the the Ravens have been really good about putting you know competitive teams together year in year out at other points like look at what they where they finally really bought into Lamar and and really put weapons around him and leaned into his his strengths um he he is a phenomenal player he is the front runner currently for MVP though we've seen that change I mean uh I I, I I think you can make certainly a very good argument for Lamar. Uh, I think I still think you can make a very good argument for Christian McCaffrey, and I think you make an argument for Josh Allen, even though the Bills um, are are not don't have the record of the the other two. But I think it's players who you know constantly cause the opposition to have to game plan against them, um, and so I I think. Yeah, the Ravens deserve some flowers for finally getting it done with Lamar and, and, and they're reaping the benefits of that now. But they allowed him to be in a situation where, you know, he requested a trade at one point in the offseason. How do you allow a player like him, you know, to be in that situation? That that to me is a little bit silly. Yeah, fingers crossed, maybe. now that the, I think obviously the big question mark in the offseason was Lamar's uh, injury record. Of course, so far this season, he hasn't had any knocks, he's been able to play, I believe, every snap that the Ravens have had, or he hasn't had any games off, and fingers crossed, for the sake of talent in the league, he still manages to have more time. The only thing I will say about the Ravens, though, is I worry from their point of view as to whether or not they are or vulnerable to late comebacks. You, there are some teams that are more suited to striking back late in the game than others. The 49ers aren't a team like that, as you spelled out earlier. But we saw, we saw the... Uh, the Cleveland Browns uh, a few weeks ago, the week of the uh, Frankfurt game, that Cleveland Browns were two scores down and still managed to come out and eke a one-point win. It is possible that, depending on who the Ravens play against, if it's somebody who has uh, greater recognition or knows the team a little bit better, if they find a way to, to come out and uh, and turn things around late in the late in the half, because a lot of the Ravens' strength comes from the way that they're managed to, to get scores early in the game, to get control and domination early in the game. And we saw that in Santa Clara and they did uh, relatively well or impressively well, I must say. Thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying the show, please do vote with your fingers and rate, review or subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Every click, every like, every positive review and every additional subscriber makes a huge difference. It helps others to find the show and we really do appreciate it. We'd also love to hear from you and to interact with NFL fans on our social channels wherever you're listening in the world, so please do get in touch.